Blog Talk Radio. In my helmet, cleats, and shoulder pads Standing in the huddle Listening to the call Bands going crazy for the boys of fall Hey everybody, welcome to the fifth quarter with Coach Johnson I'm your host Dave Johnson Glad as always to have you with us tonight uh, we got a lot of football to talk about, uh, some women's football, college football, and the uh, NFL. So, uh, also got Coach Mike Wallace going to be joining us here in just a few minutes as well. Um, you know, it, something I heard yesterday as I was riding down the road just uh, uh, really blew me away. I, I still um, can't can't get over it. And uh I heard it on ESPN radio last night, as, as a matter of fact, that uh, uh, pro NFL player um, quit at halftime. Um, I just I can't wrap my head around that. And uh, all the football players that are analysts now, they are just, I mean, stoked about it and just plumb, plumb pissed and everything else that uh, they would, somebody would do that. And, you know, myself personally, um, you know, I always, uh, you know, I played on a high school team. And unfortunately, uh, we weren't any good. We played in the tough uh, conference. And, uh, you know, I had all kinds of friends that would, you know, come and quit. And, you know, well, you ain't any good and all that. I, I took a chance to it. And I'm going to tell you, though, as a player, um, as a coach, teammate, whatever you want to call it. When you quit on me, we're not we're if we were friends, we're not friends anymore. Um I don't I don't get it. Uh you know, with football being the ultimate team sport, it uh, it takes everybody. Uh and it just really, you know, uh blew blew me away when, when I heard that and uh you know, it's it's crazy to think that uh, we have, uh, you know, that people would even just do that. I, I mean, I really can't get over it. Uh, and especially, you know, players uh, that go through so much and guys that wanted to be on there and uh, they made roster spots for this guy, I'm sure, and people that cut. And once he got the guaranteed money, they said that, uh, you know, it's all guaranteed what he got is gone and or he got, now he's gone. Um, it's crazy. Uh, so um, we're going to talk a little bit about that later here in just a few minutes when uh, Mike comes on. And, and you know, that just goes, um, that's just the NFL and one thing that happens. But that's a lot like the situations that we deal with in women's football, um, all, almost all of them, um, it, 
they just I just can't get over that football to me is the ultimate team sport, and so many of of these girls, not just the girls, but the girls playing women's football, is they want to make it about them, um, you know. And there's very there is a lot of them that can just be happy to be on a good team um, and have play and and love the sport and all that. Then you have have a bunch that it's all about me, 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 and uh, you know it's not about the team. And when when all that goes in a circle, it, it's one thing that you know is is what we're dealing with in women's football. And yesterday. Um, I talked to an owner of a really, really good women's team, and uh, you know she she agreed uh, with me on it that you know it doesn't matter what you do for them. Uh, most of the time, it, it's never enough, and uh, you know the it seems like the better you are, the the worse it is in the end. And uh, you know we we also agreed if you're going to play. Be be all in. Um, you know, football is the sport where you, you either got to be all in or you got to be all out. And if you're going to um, play, uh, be all in. I mean, there's no there's no room for for half assers in, in in football. And uh, you know, I say I say that with players and coaches, not just uh, players, but coaches as well. And you know one one thing, and me and this lady were talking about is, you know, they dealt with some things that we have over the years. Is, you know, their coaches wasn't even bought in, and that really, really makes for a bad um, situation when uh, they they show up by half the time, and then, um, you know, they don't uh, just don't do right, and and all this is just part of. You know things that are holding us all back, and uh, it just goes hand in hand. That you know all these NFL players and all these big college players, all these athletes and stuff. That's who they look up to. And now, you know, things of this happens, and it's hard to get um, that sincerity from these players when they're not getting paid. And uh, in most cases, they all pay a lot of money. So. Um, that's that's just part of what we're dealing with, and and I believe you know if if, if we're going to um, go anywhere, we've got to be all in with a whole. And when I say that, I say that with with players, coaches. You got to you got to believe in the organization as a player, as a coach. You have to believe um, in the players. You have to believe in yourself to coach them, to get them where they need to be and all that. And we just seem to be, um, not everybody, but we seem to be missing that as a whole. And I feel that as owners of teams, um, we're going to have to, you know, bond together to to make sure that this happens, uh, you know, to, to moving forward. So, you know, my, my motto is if you're, if you're not going to give 100%, don't even play. If you're not going to uh, play uh, 100% of the time, then don't play. Don't waste your coach's time, your teammates' time, the organization. Don't make the whole sport, um, uh, I don't know the lack of words, but 
you know, don't make the whole sport suffer because you you want to be a half passer and and not put in a hundred percent like a lot of us do. So, you know, for the sake of the teams and the other coaches and and football in general, um, you know, be be the ultimate team sport uh, team player in the ultimate team sport. So, um, I I want to. You know, I want people to think about that, and uh, it just goes hand-in-hand with what we've seen uh, with this pro player yesterday. Um, I think we've got Coach Mike on the line. We'll uh, get him on here now and talk about some college football, some pro stuff. He's been at home getting to watch a lot more than me. So, uh, how about it, Coach? You there? Yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Hey, t- tell me, uh, what what did you think about that? situation well uh for words i guess we're since we're on internet radio i could use certain words but i'm not going to look let me tell you this is a clear case of an individual who is not aware of how big the sport is and how much bigger it is than him somewhere there is a and i believe it's a cincinnati Bengals player i i'm not really for sure but somewhere there's a fan of this sport that has just been traumatized uh, by this player, somebody is looking up to him. Somebody is is wanting to be him, uh, and he has, uh, you know, he's tarnished, uh, tarnished it for somebody, if not a lot of individuals that are probably looking up to him. Look, if you have an epiphany and you don't want to play football, you wait till after the game, all right? Sit on that sideline for thirty minutes if you don't want to play football anymore, and root the team on that has got you there. And then after the game, you go home and do whatever you want to do. But you don't walk off in the middle, right at halftime, uh, because you had an epiphany about how you just don't like football anymore. Um, so, yeah, you know, my opinion is uh, probably I hope I share it with the same with a lot of individuals. I'd like to use some explicit words, but I'm not going to. And, uh, you know, we'll just, we'll just leave it at that. Yeah, it was actually a Buffalo Bill player. I did hear that. He used to play uh, for the Colts, so but it's actually a, a Buffalo Bills player. But uh, yeah, that that just I mean that just goes to um, you know I don't know undermine uh, what people are uh, a lot of people are about what a lot of us are really trying to build and and sell uh, the message, uh, you know. And then here this guy is making they. I think they said last night that I heard that all his guaranteed money by him making the roster cuts here, there, signing bonus, guaranteed this and that. He he walked away at halftime of the second game of the year with four million dollars in the in the bank, and uh, you know all of a sudden for whatever reason he doesn't like football anymore. And, and if I'm not mistaken, he played for the Colts for nine or ten years and made made a lot of money. So. Um, you know, well, well, here's my here's my question, there, uh, Dave. Is it, if it's not in his contract, I'm sure it will be from for from here on out in other people's contract, other players' contracts, that you're not to just retire at halftime of a football game. And it seems to me like he's going to have to owe that team back a lot of money um, because contracts are very in depth. I've never seen one. I'm only going off of what I hear, but contracts are so in depth of what you can't do. And I'm only hoping that if you can't do certain things on the off season like go skydiving. Uh, I'm hoping there's something in a contract that says you just can't quit at halftime or you're going to have to pay back this money. 
I'm only hoping that's the case. But, you know, I guess we'll find out. Well, last night they uh, they uh, had a Ian Fitzsimmons on there and then another guy, and they broke down um, his contract. And by the way it reads, now they may go after him or whatever and sue, but the way it reads, he got a guaranteed signing bonus by passing uh, signing, and then he got a bonus when he passed the physical, and then he got a bonus by making the uh, the 53-man roster, and then he got another bonus by making uh, another uh, 46-man roster, so whatever they do, I'm not sure what that means, and all that. Um, and they did leave money up there, but all this is bonuses and guaranteed money uh, that they said he got, and it was a little over $4 million, uh that they said he banked uh, last night that, you know, they're probably going to go after him for, but as far as they were looking at his contract, they said, and uh, that was uh, that was how much he got away with, and there was no clause in there at that time on any of that particular money. Well, it, that's I don't you know it's just wow if he's if he's getting away with it he's getting away with it but I'm sure it'll be in contracts from here on out that uh, you're not to just walk off and leave your team uh, high and dry at halftime of a football game just because you had an epiphany that you want to play football I think it's it's sad uh, and uh, you know again really not even worth talking about that's just how much I'm just really upset with the whole situation. Right. Well, while we're on NFL, we'll go ahead and uh, talk about that some before we get into college. Um, I did get to see some football games on on uh, Sunday. I was in Southfield, Virginia, uh, waiting, and uh, there was some uh, really good games on there and, and a lot of uh, close games. I did hear today uh, on a radio station that uh, that – People have written off the Seattle Seahawks and are very, very disturbed, upset with the Pittsburgh Steelers and the way they've been playing and uh, the Antonio Brown situation. He didn't show up for practice yesterday. Um, they said they seen a video of Le'Veon Bell in Miami riding jet skis. Um, so, what, what have you – you watched more of that than I did, and uh, what – what are you hearing about all that? Uh-huh. Well, uh, first I'll start with the Le'Veon Bell. Uh, listen, Le'Veon Bell is is holding out. It's it's money. It's a money issue. It's his issue with with the the team and the money. So, uh, you know, if he's out riding jet skis, I mean, again, that's an issue between him and and the uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers. I've heard several linemen uh, say that you know, hey, if I'm here working hard, he should be working hard. Uh, there are just some things you don't talk about, and one of it is another player's money. Um, and, and I think they're going to try to move on from him. I don't know uh, everything that I've ever heard or seen on, uh, on ESPN uh, that they are, uh, you know, they're just kind of waiting. Right. Well, I don't uh... – I don't really know what's going on with him. I heard him today um, talking that um, he was he was down there riding jet skis, and uh, the fact that they're uh, um, they're well, they're 0-1 and 1. And uh, they're in real trouble, you know. Um, as far as that, they just flat out 
actually been outplayed in two games. And in my opinion, I've seen bits and pieces of that game on Sunday. And if the Browns had a kicker, they would have beat them. So I'd imagine that uh, the Browns probably um, have uh, had a tryout yesterday for kickers because the kicker missed two field goals and an extra point uh, in that game against the Saints. Uh, they they really just outplayed the Saints, I thought. Uh, I did get to watch part of that. And uh, Tyrod Taylor threw an interception late in the game on his own side of the field that uh, gave the Saints the, the lead. And, uh, of course, um, the Browns had a chance to take the lead on uh, the kicker missed the extra point. So I'm not sure uh, what's going on uh, there either, but I'd imagine the Browns had a tryout for a kicker yesterday. Or they would have if I owned the team. So um, I think Coach Mike might be having some difficulty with his phone there. I'm not sure. I'm, I'm but, actually uh, back. Can you hear me? Can you hear me, Dave? Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I can hear you. Um, I, I was talking about the Browns kicker. You know, they they flat out outplayed the Pittsburgh Steelers in the first game and the Saints yesterday. So the Steelers are lucky not to be 0-2. Um, so I, I know this. I, every I've heard a lot of disgruntled uh, Pittsburgh Steelers fans. What about you? Have you heard any about that? I'm sorry. You cut out on me. What was the question? I said I've heard a lot about uh, some disgruntled Pittsburgh Steelers fans. What are you hearing on uh, uh, hearing about that? Well, I, listen, I don't know many Pittsburgh Steelers fans. I'm just going off of what, I, what I've heard. Uh, Listen, they're, they're disgruntled because uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers have a rich tradition uh, in the AFC to, to compete for a Super Bowl. Uh, and, you know, that, like you said, they're lucky. They're lucky not to be uh, uh, 0-2. Um, and we all know that the statistically making, you know, 0-2 and making the playoffs, it doesn't really look good for you. But, um, listen, uh, I'd be disgruntled too. Um, you know, this is a team every year that you're looking at that uh, that seems like the, the road to the, the Super Bowl goes through Pittsburgh some form or fashion. Uh, and to be playing like they're playing and to, um, you know, have players missing meetings and, and, and not showing up, uh, you know, listen, it, it certainly seems from the outside that the wheels are falling off a little bit. But it is week two, so I, I don't know. I'd like to say Mike Tomlin's going to reel everything back in. Um, he seems to do it every year. Um, so, you know, I, I'd like to say that, uh, you know, I'm not the biggest Pittsburgh Steelers fan, but I don't, I don't know if it's such a big deal right now. I think they're just going to be fine uh, as once they get the players that they need back in there. Well, I heard, I heard today, um, and again, it was just on, uh, you know, some talk shows that I was riding down the road, that his seat is not hot, but it's getting warm. That is exactly. Uh, what I heard today, they said that Mike uh, Tomlin is a player's coach and uh, that a lot of times that, uh, you know, it, it just seems like unless you're uh, – you've got a lot of um, 
players that are really buying in, um, you know, when the players get dissatisfied that those players' coaches sort of lose the team. And they uh, said they felt like that he was on the verge of that, you know, with Le'Veon Bell not showing up, Antonio Brown um, not happy that he's not catching touchdowns and, uh, you know, fact that Ben scored late in the game and he didn't even, uh, you know, celebrate when everybody else celebrated. Uh, there's a there's a lot going on with the Steelers. Now, I, I'm with you. I think that it's early. I think that, you know, they got a lot of um, good players. But from what I've seen, their defense looks looks bad. And uh, they, they said that uh, a guy actually that does radio in Pittsburgh called into this station in Oklahoma uh, when I was listening today and said that uh, Mike Tomlin's seat was for sure getting warm because, uh, you know, losing is, is not an option up there. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I don't – I mean, listen, I, I'm not uh, I'm not in Pittsburgh, and I don't have my ear to the ground a lot on Pittsburgh's uh, uh, what's going on up there. But, you know, he's been there for a while. He's got a Super Bowl win with him. Um, you know, and listen, you know, as much as their defense uh, isn't holding up, and they did give up 42 points to the Chiefs, but the Chiefs are a really good team. Um, you know, they did end up scoring 30, uh, 37, the Steelers did. But, you know, listen, Ben Roethlisberger was 39 of 60 for 452 yards. He threw three touchdowns. I mean, so, you know, if, if, this, if that defense can kind of, you know, reel it in a little bit, you know, they certainly got uh, – the guy leading the team, the right guy leading the team in Ben Roethlisberger. Um, you know, so, you know, I agree. It's early, and let's just see what happens with them. Yeah, speaking of the uh, Chiefs, what about Patrick Mahomes throwing six touchdown passes? Uh, um, I mean, you, you hear a lot of talk about, you know, can this guy play? He's young. He's sporadic. It's that and other. And, and I'm going to say this. Um, and all I know is he come from a Big 12 school in Texas Tech. I happen to be a fan of, of the coach out there um, and the way he plays offense. And, you know, a lot of people say that kind of stuff don't work in the pros. But I'm going to say this. If every single team in the NFL gets paid, the players get paid, and they get paid a lot of money. And any time as a quarterback, you throw six touchdown passes in one game, you can definitely play. Yeah, you know, I'll I tell you, six touchdowns against the Pittsburgh Steelers, that, that's a lot. But you know what I'm impressed more with, to be honest with you, is the fact that he was 23 of 28. For the whole game, he was 23 of 28. That means that no matter where he was in the field, I mean, he 23 of 28, that's awesome. He threw for 326 yards. Now, listen, I know six touchdowns is a big deal, but if your defense gets a turnover at the five and you throw a little one-yard touchdown pass, but that means that up and down the field all day long, he was picking apart that Pittsburgh's defense. And, yes, Pat Mahomes can play. Yeah, well, also they uh, – I heard today that uh, Seattle, they, they're – they're in trouble. I know that uh, Chicago's playing really good, and had they not played Aaron Rodgers, um, or had the Green Bay uh, hadn't got Aaron Rodgers back late in the game, that, the Bears would be two and zero. You know, Pete 
Pete Carroll, I don't know, they did a good job uh, for a while. But, once you know, it just seems that these teams that go out here, uh, Mike, and, and uh, take, take for instance, let's, let's say the Bears, okay? I'm going to use them as an example. The Bears right now, uh, they're they're quarterbacks on a rookie contract, and uh, being on that rookie contract, they're not paying him a lot of money, so that left them room to go out and get Khalil Mack. Okay, so when when they got Khalil Mack, that helped their defense right away. So as long as these quarterbacks can maintain uh, the game without letting it get away and making all the mistakes to throw it away. They're gonna have they're gonna have opportunities, and that's what Seattle did. Um, they hit on a lot of good draft choices um, when when they were the top dog and dominance and all that. But once that rookie contract left, um, what's his name up there, the quarterback Russell Wilson, um, then they had to pay him a lot of money. Then they had to start moving players around. And then all these other players are wanting big money. And now there's like only one player left from that dominance defense, and they've got their money tied up in in uh, uh, that player and, and Russell Wilson, and they're sort of in trouble up there. Yeah, listen, uh, in two games, uh, they, they haven't been playing well at all. And I think Pete Carroll – and we're talking about somebody on the hot seat. He's probably – his seat's probably getting a little warm, too. Um, but that's the thing with the pros. Uh, you know, he's so used to that. Well, I'm not going to say he's used to the college now. He's been in the pros for some years, and he's got a Super Bowl with him. Uh, but, you know, when you – you're right. When you get that rookie uh, and you, you have to put it on a rookie contract, uh, it's all good and well for a couple of years. Uh, but, you know, that Legion of Boom defense fell apart as soon as that he had to get paid because other players wanted to get paid as well. So then your stuff, well, who do you pay? You pay your quarterback or you pay your defense? So uh, defense wins championships, in my mind, and they could have done a lot better job, I think, of keeping that Boom together. Uh, but there were anymore. Who knows? Yeah. But I think Pete Carroll, I think Pete Carroll's seat's getting warm as well. Yeah, I think you're right. And I, I will say this, too, on a on a uh, good note. What about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and what uh, old, old man Ryan, I call him Fitzgerald. I know his name's Fitzpatrick, but what about the job he's done down there? I mean, uh, nobody ever expected that. Right, you broke up on me again. What was the question? I'm sorry. I said Ryan Fitzpatrick for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They're two and zero and beat two uh, pretty good football teams, and nobody nobody even expected that at all, you know. So uh, uh, they're they're all of a sudden in, in uh, pretty good shape with uh, what was uh, you know he was brought in just to be the backup. Yeah, I, I think this is a, a case of, uh, you know, much like when Tony Romo stepped in to be the quarterback because of injury, uh, you know, I think it's going to be hard for uh, Jamison to come back and be a starter. Um, you know, he, listen, if I you don't change anything right now. They're playing well. They're 2-0. Um, you know, it's, it's crazy to think that, uh, you know, uh, that I, you know, I guess it's crazy to think that Jamison, uh, for everybody to put all their uh, – uh, their eggs and, and Jamison basket. You know, listen, here's, here's what Fitzgerald did. Uh, he was 27 of 33. He had 402 yards, 
four touchdowns and he threw one interceptions. Um, you know, that, that's, that's awesome. You know, I mean, listen, that defense in Philadelphia is the, that's the defending world champions. Uh, and he, uh, he torched them. Uh, so yeah, listen, right now, I think Fitzgerald or Fitzpatrick, sorry, is, is doing, he's doing good things. And it looks like he's probably, if I was the coach over there, I would think hard about Jamison even, uh, getting some reps of that first team. Mike, it, uh, they, uh, they're playing. They're playing good. No, no doubt about it. Um, I know. Last week you uh, you said it looked like the Patriots and the Green Bay were were the top dogs, and now they both fell from the from the rankings. Uh, who who are you? Who's bandwagoning you on this week? Listen, I, <laughs> um, I don't know if I'm on a bandwagon. I'm happy my Cowboys won. That, that that is a plus uh, that we beat the Giants. Uh, when I say we, I mean I'm a fan. Uh, but uh, listen, I, I don't think it was a couple of years ago the Patriots were 0 and 2, and they ended up making the playoffs. And listen, I don't think anything is a big deal about the Patriots. They're still the cream of the crop. Uh, teams are still out there to gun them. Everybody knows in the league right now that they are uh, that this is only week two going into week three, uh, and that the Patriots are uh, going to make adjustments. And Bilicek is going to have his team. Uh, roaring uh, to come back and play. Uh, the Jaguars were a playoff team. Uh, they were in the AFC, or what well, they were in their championship game. Uh, but what they did to the New England Patriots, uh, these shouldn't be taken lightly. Um, but I, I, I still think Green Bay, and I still think the Patriots right now, even though they, they had some, uh, an off week, I still think they're the two teams that could very well end up being in the Super Bowl. Well, you know one stat that, that blew me away, and I was really, really surprised, uh, was uh, they showed it said too hot, uh, seat too hot or something. I'm not sure what it said during the game, but in in games, in Tom Brady's hottest games that uh, he's played, they are now like one and six when the temperature is over 88 degrees. Did you see that? I did. It was 95 plus, and it was 100 degrees on the field, 100 plus. I did see that, um, but uh, yeah, I, you know, I, you know, listen, they don't get too many hot games up there, I guess, in New England. Um, but I, that's just a stat that I just think hopefully it, the, the problem with that stat is that the weather's only going to get cooler. <laughs> you know, it's not going to stay 90 degrees. So you know, hey, listen, uh, I think. If you beat Tom Brady while you got the upper edge, enjoy it while you got it. Because I think when the weather starts to come get cooler, I mean, he's just, you know, he still was 24 of 35. He had 234 yards. Um, so, you know, 40 years old, and he's out there playing the hardest position of all of sports. Yeah, they actually looked terrible, though, I thought. They didn't look like themselves at all. They weren't in any kind of rhythm. Um, that They took Gronkowski out of the game. But, man, what about the plays their defense give up? And don't get me wrong, that guy, Blake Bortles, was throwing some perfect balls, and those receivers were making some great catches. But, man, they didn't look good at all at the New England Patriots. And I imagine whoever they play this week um, is probably going to be uh, rough because I'd, I'd say they went back to the to the grind. And then also, um, Jennifer told me today they signed Josh Gordon. So, um, they they just added, you know, some uh, – uh, 
somebody to stretch the field that they really didn't have, I don't think. And uh, so I think I think they're going to be all right. And I think Green Bay um, also is going to be all right. But uh, who who else? Uh, you you watched a lot of those games. Um, I know Carolina got beat. Uh, somebody, whoever they played, really got after um, Scam Newton and. Uh, uh, who else is looking uh, pretty good as far as the as the NFL goes? Well, Atlanta Atlanta is the team that just beat Carolina. Uh, Atlanta is one and one. Um, I, I think Atlanta is looking pretty good. Um, you know, as far as uh, the the NFC, but uh, you know, um, you go through this every year. Um, about in week two, and, and everybody's like, "Well, let's see who this and who who's got this." Um, I, you know, I, I tell you who my right, right now who I'm not impressed with, um, and right now it's the uh, Raiders. I'm not impressed with the Raiders. We talked a little bit about this last week. I'm not impressed with the Raiders. I'm not impressed with their defense. I'm not impressed with their offense. Um, you know, I saw a stat the other was it yesterday or today. Khalil Mack. Personally, just him, one player, has more sacks in two games than the Raiders have as a team combined. Um, I mean, if you if you were just hoping that that one player was going to to turn your team around, uh, certainly there are uh, there are some other some other issues. The Colts looked really well. I love the way that uh, uh, Andrew Luck threw the football. I watched a lot of his game. Uh, he was 21 of 31 for 179 yards. Not a lot of yards. Uh, but he did throw two touchdowns, but he did throw two interceptions. Uh, but, listen, if you ask him, I'm sure he'll say, hey, at least we got the win, and that's most important. Uh, they came back out, and they, they beat the Redskins 21-9. Uh, so I was impressed with the uh, the Colts, um, the Rams. Rams look pretty good. Uh, they're at 2-0 right now. They beat Arizona 34-0. Um, you know, Jared Goff had – he was 24-32 for 354 yards. He had a touchdown in an INT. So, but, uh, you know, those are the teams right now that I think uh, have really uh, done a little bit uh, uh, here in week two to improve themselves. Um, and, you know, of course, the Saints are the Saints. Uh, you can't never, you know, Drew Brees, is, he, he's, he's so underrated. Uh, you don't hear him a lot in the conversation about what, uh, what he means to the, uh, his team. Um, he was 28 of 35 for 243 yards with two touchdowns, and they beat Cleveland, uh, 21 to 18. Listen, Cleveland is 0-1 and 1, uh, and I hear a lot about Cleveland. Everybody's saying Cleveland uh, hasn't won a game in this many days. But listen, if you are a Cleveland fan, or if a football fan, and you're watching the way Cleveland is playing, it's only a matter of time before these wins start to calculate up for the Cleveland Browns. Watch out for the Cleveland Browns. They might go on a winning streak and win three or four here this season. I'm not sure they're quite a playoff team, but they are definitely an improved team, uh, and I, I love the way uh, Hugh Jackson is coaching out there. Well, I just got a buzz in my ear also that the Denver Broncos don't forget that they're 2-0 as well, um, and they just beat uh, the Raiders and Seattle. Um also, I, I've heard – I haven't got to see the Rams play. Uh, they they may have the best defensive coordinator in the game and, and uh, Wade Phillips. Um, but they there were several analysts that, you know, since I've been riding down the road, I listen to all, as many of those sports channels as I can. Um, they are swearing that the Rams are the best team in the NFL right now. 
and I, I mean, I know they got a great running back. Their quarterback's playing good. They got a good defense. They got a good defensive coordinator. Um, so, yeah, that they may be uh, they may be the sleeper to win it all this year. Yeah, I listen. They're playing well. There's no doubt about it. Uh, they're getting. Uh, you know, Sam Bradford though is. I think he's kind of turned a tide a little bit, uh, or I'm sorry, not Sam Bradford, but um, he's playing for Arizona. Um, but ever since they've let Sam Bradford go, uh, they were struggling to find quarterback and struggling to find do this. Sam Bradford, I thought, was overrated to begin with. Uh, but you're right, the Rams are playing really well. They're 2-0 and uh, and their defense. And uh, the Wade Phillips, the Phillips family in general, man, they just have the genes for it. Um, so, yeah, you're right. Look out for the Rams. Well, I'm going to tell you this. I know that uh, um, Minnesota, they looked pretty good yesterday or the other day. That dang Kirk, that, that man can throw that football. And, I mean, on a razor, and I, I like him. I like what he, his attitude and the way he does. But the guy that the Minnesota traded to Denver, uh, Case Keenan, he, he's not real flashy, in it, but I'm going to tell you, that that guy's pretty dang good, man. And when it comes down to a field goal game, they got a, a really, really good uh, field goal kicker. Actually, I think they won by a field goal or whatever the other night, Denver, and that being Denver. So um, they're they're sitting at 2-0 right now. Um, I don't – you know what? Like you said, it's early. It's anybody's game. Uh, I do like the fact that there's a lot of – uh, a lot of parity and, you know, a lot of teams that are – I mean, even the Browns. Have, they have a good field goal kicker. They're 2-0. Uh, they're they're in the games. All these other teams uh, that have been getting pounded on forever, uh, they're actually winning and playing these games. And a lot of these teams like the Seattles and, and Arizona and, and uh, Detroit and teams like that, they're, they're open, man. They're, they're looking terrible. And, uh, of course, Detroit looked better this week. But uh, So the parity is definitely uh, turning around in the NFL. Yeah, you know, listen, I've, I've been waiting for – and I hope that it holds up because I've been waiting for a good season in the NFL. You know, I'm hoping that we have these teams that you're talking about, like the Browns sneaking up, playing some uh, – winning a couple of games. And I'm hoping that the Rams can keep doing what they're doing to, to try to give these teams, which I still think are the cream of the crop, which is uh, Green Bay and, um, uh, and uh, the, the Patriots. But, you know, when you have two of the greatest quarterbacks of all times leading your teams, I mean, it's kind of hard just to say after week two, uh, you know, when you're one and one uh, that, you know, they're out of it. Um, but you're right. The parity is great, and I'm loving it. And I'm, I'm liking to watch, uh, you know, teams like these Broncos. And, listen, that was a heck of a game. You know, they drove the field and got that uh, field goal by McManus uh, to win the game with uh, no time left. It was just it was a heck of a football game. Uh, and you can just feel, you can just feel uh, the parity this season, and I'm excited for it. Yeah, the Dolphins are 2-0. and Um you know that I'm just I'm just saying that uh, you know back in the day I'm a I'm a huge used to be a huge Dolphins fan when Marino played there and you know I can remember honestly when the last wild card uh, spot would be you know eight and eight teams I mean you were actually winning your division or being a uh, home uh, field throughout with eleven and five record you know what I mean if you made it to Nine or ten wins, you were uh, 
you were in there deep, you know what I mean? And I mean, and here of late, you know, it's just been runaways because there's uh, good teams at the top of these divisions and the other teams weren't that good, so certain teams were running away with it. Now the teams that have, you know, that weren't that good are actually on top of the division and everybody else is sort of looking up to them. Also, the Beagles are uh, two and oh. Uh, they've mustered up two wins. I, I'm not a big fan of Andy Dalton, but they've uh, they've been playing better. Uh, so there's there's a lot of, been a lot of good games. Um, like I say, I, I like the fact that you know there's no guarantee. You know, I know there's no guarantee wins ever, but you know when you look at it, you do on paper. You say, oh, this team's clearly better than this one. Blah blah. blah. I like the fact. That right now, uh, every game is is just that, and it's a game. Yeah, I I, I do too, and uh, you know, it, it's interesting because you know when we come in and we like, hey, we like the parity of this year in the NFL, but you know, it's 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 going to settle down probably about week five, week six. You're going to start seeing maybe even week seven. You're going to start seeing the teams that have been there before maybe start to rise a little bit. Um, and I think, you know, the it could be a little overwhelming for some of these teams that just aren't used to winning. Uh, like the Dolphins, for example, they're 2-0 right now, and it's great. It's great for football that the Dolphins are 2-0. But is it going to be great for the Dolphins week seven? Uh, are they going to be 2-5? Are they going to be 5-5? and five? Or, what are they, or 5-2? and two? What are they going to be? And uh, now that, that, to me, is what I like, too, is to see how, how much that these guys are going to improve or even stay. Because, listen, being undefeated – it doesn't mean that you could take days off. You know, they got to work even harder to win that next game because the bullseye on your back is even that much uh, bigger. Yeah, well, the two games the Dolphins won, they haven't exactly just lit it up. But you know what, man? I'm going to say this. There's a there's a lot to winning ugly games, man. Just finding a way down the stretch to pull it out. There's a, there's a lot to be said um, for that. You know, the Texans are 0-2. Uh, the Titans beat them to get the one and one. Um, so there, there's a there's a lot of teams that are uh, that are had a lot of expectations that they haven't reached yet. So um, I'm excited. Um, well, let's go let's go to college football. Um, I know you watched a lot more of that than than I did for sure. And uh, I I thought I was gonna have to talk you off the ledge, but being you Longhorns won Saturday, and you Yeah Boys won yeah, uh, Sunday. I think you're in a pretty good spot right now. Yeah, I, I'm certainly uh, I'm certainly off the ledge, so to speak. Uh, I mean, I, the Cowboys probably they need to learn how to close games out. But oh, like you said, an ugly win is better than a a good loss, or if there is a such thing as a good loss. But you know, in college football, there wasn't a lot of surprises. Um, you know, obviously, you know, Alabama. Listen, you can't. I mean, we might as well just not even talk about them because we just know where they are. Uh, to play a Ole Miss team and dominate them, 62 to seven, and this game was hyped up to be uh, a game that uh, Ole Miss even had a chance. Um, they didn't have a chance from the kickoff. Um, they just, it was just ridiculous. Uh, listen, their quarterback, that uh, Tagov, I can't even say his name, but uh, listen, I call him T. 11 for 15, 191 yards, two touchdowns, and he didn't even play the whole game. I mean, this guy, I mean, they were they they were just all over the field. They were showing the country who uh, Alabama is and why they are who they are. 
So, but you know, listen, there were some upsets, but uh, nothing, nothing major. Well, I'm gonna tell you what was a heck of a game was that TCU Ohio State game. Now it, it might have got out of hand there to end, but I'm gonna tell you for about three quarters that was a really, really uh, good football game. And mind you, um, and I wasn't even aware of this either that only um, Wake Forest is a smaller uh, Division One school than TCU. Yeah, if you've never been to the University of Texas, it's the Texas Christian University. If you've never been to that university, it's really small. Their stadium is state-of-the-art, but it's really small. Uh, they are a really, really small school. Uh, and But every year it seems like TCU is in the top 25 and they battle it out. Uh, they certainly, I thought, and I had said this last week, that Ohio State always loses a game that they should have won. And up until that late in the second half, I thought, that uh, this was a game that they should have uh, should have won, but we're going to lose because TCU's defense was all over the field, uh, and Ohio State uh, had some some uh, uh, some some special teams uh, going on there, and that helped them win the football game. But they were certainly—I mean, listen—the score was forty to twenty-eight, but it wasn't indicative of how much Ohio State was really getting handled there for you know about seventy-five to eighty percent of that football game. Yeah, I, I, I watched part of that, and I had to leave. But uh, that that was a really good game. Um, what about the uh, the shocker where uh, who who was it? Wisconsin? Somebody beat Wisconsin. I can't even remember who it was. Uh, I mean, they, BYU they beat Wisconsin. Yeah, BYU. That's right. Uh, they they look terrible. What I just seen the end of that game and some highlights and. Uh, they they looked terrible, so they were ranked number six, and I think that was a little too high to begin with. Um, but so Alabama's number one, Clemson's number two, Ohio State three, Georgia four, and Oklahoma five. Is that how it is? Is that how it goes? No, right right now it's uh, Georgia is well. Let me see what we got going on here. Georgia was ranked three. Now did I don't know did they go down? It says here. Uh, I'm looking right now. Georgia's moved up to the number two spot. Uh, I don't know how accurate that is. I'll have to I'll have to look into that. Uh, so, um, but Georgia, Alabama, Georgia, Clemson is now number three. Ohio State's number four, um, and Oklahoma is number five. The uh, Oklahoma played a really well or a good game. Uh, listen, they got a quarterback uh, in, in in Murray who I think is probably going to be a Heisman Trophy candidate, uh, if not next year, the year after that. He'll be he'll be in the running at some point. Uh, but Oklahoma right now is kind of – but they're on the outside uh, kind of looking in, but they have probably as good a chance as anybody else in the top five uh, to win a national cha- – or to at least play for the national championship. I'm not going to say win because we know it's going through Alabama, barring something catastrophic. But let me tell you who I was really impressed with was with LSU. Uh, LSU went to Auburn. Um, and they beat Auburn 22-21. It was a last-second field goal. Um, but LSU was ranked 12th, and they went to Auburn to play War Eagle at Auburn. And they looked good. This LSU team in the SEC, to me, uh, if, and now if, I know it's, it's early in the season, 
But if I had to pick a team that I think could challenge a little bit with uh, with Alabama, it would be this LSU team. I'm not saying in any way that they would beat them, but I think it would be a little more competitive than we would uh, we would think. Well, we'll find out in a few weeks because they, they're on their schedule. They play in that way. Uh, I watched that game, too, and, yeah, that was a really good game. I'm going I'm to say this, and I heard this from, from some analysts, and I 100% agree. I think that that guy, Ed Orgeron, probably loved his job better than any other coach um, in, in college football. That guy truly loves um, coaching that LSU football team. You know, you know, he he just looks like he's Cajun. You know, I mean, he is Cajun. He just looks like he's LSU. Um, and you don't say that a lot about a lot of coaches. I mean, you could say Nick Saban is Alabama, uh, but every time you hear him, I mean, he's 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 got the raspy voice, you know, and he's uh, you know, you just know his practices are intense. Um, you, know, you just can tell that's the quality of a coach that he is. But you're certainly right. I mean, yeah, that's his dream job. He said that all along, uh, and you know, as long as they keep up doing what they're doing. Uh, you know, I think he's going to be at LSU for a long time. You know, it's funny when Jim said this guy loved to hear him talk. You can't, he gets excited and talks. You can't hardly understand about half what he says. And uh, he, she's right. He, yeah, and you're right. He is that Cajun and he talks that way. But, you know, man, he's always excited. You know, every time, you know, you hear at the end of his interviews, go Tigers, you know, and and he he really does love his job and and another thing they said about him said that hey this guy understands one thing he's probably not as smart or as good a head coach as Nick Saban but he was smart enough to surround himself by great assistant coaches which rise to the occasion and help him as well and you know there's a lot of a lot of truth in that Mike that. People don't realize that um, if you if you really if you if you can give the reins up in a scenario uh, and you know make sure hey I'm hiring this guy and I look here's what we want to do I think you know, and I don't know that he said this but I think you know you might be able, you might be the guy that can really get the message across. Here's the direction we want to take. I'm turning it over to you. I'm supporting you 110 um, percent. And they they said he did that. And uh, you know that's a that's a smart guy. And you're right. He probably, for that matter, will probably keep his job for a while. Yeah, I mean, listen, finding the right coaches. You, it's just like finding the right players. Your players got to be an extension to, of you on the football field. Well, you got to have coaches that are extensions of you uh, to these players. And, uh, you know, if you got to, you know, we, there's a term I, I use all the time about faking the funk. If you got to fake the funk on how good that you are, surround yourself with individuals that are better, uh, that, that you're not really faking it. You're just a, you're just a smart guy. Um, and the first thing you got to know as a head coach, you don't know everything. And, uh, you know, these guys know, uh, you know, hey, I got to get, get some guys in here that know what they're doing um, to make me look good. Uh, and that's what the business is about as much as it is winning, as much as it is about mentoring these young guys. Um, but, uh, you know, listen, he's got the formula, uh, and I'm not – never have been a huge LSU fan, but uh, he makes me like LSU. And that's, uh, you know, that's saying a lot. Yeah, I, I was I was pulling for LSU in that game as well. 
um, you know, dip trail for one, they were the underdogs, and, um, you know, I, I just, I like that old guy myself pretty good, um, but, you know, the the SEC, man, these guys are getting ready to get into SEC play, uh, well, some of them already have, um, you know, I don't know who Georgia, uh, actually played, but I think they killed somebody, um, I, well, they played, I think they played Middle that, Tennessee State. <laughs> yeah, well, they, I knew they killed somebody. Um, I definitely think, from what what I have seen, and I and I, and I know probably a lot of people probably gonna would bash me on this. I, I'm not sold on Clemson being that good, man. Uh, I think Texas A&M uh, should have beat them. Uh, I don't know who they played this week. I don't have a clue. But I, I I really believe that Texas A&M should have won that game. I'm not sold on them uh, right now, but the other four uh, definitely uh, Alabama, Georgia, uh, Ohio State, and Oklahoma. I think for sure uh, what I've seen bits and pieces of them, and they really really uh, look like they're they're legit. Uh, now other than that, I haven't really. Um, seen any other teams that I thought was was dominant or, or might challenge. And I'm not saying that Clemson may they may turn out to be the best team. But they clearly um didn't look that good against Texas A and M in my opinion. Um and I thought Texas A and M should have won that game. And speaking of Texas A and M, I think they take out uh, they play Alabama this week. So um I guess we'll see how good Alabama is. Yeah, they do. They play it's uh Texas and Alabama uh next Saturday or Texas A and M and Alabama. Um, number one against twenty two. I listen, I again I I'll just say, you know, any team playing Alabama, you're playing the cream of the crop, that you're playing the NFL team that's playing college. Uh they're gonna be ready. Texas A and M, um, you know, I, I, I expect them to play a little better. Um, I expect them to put up a little fight maybe early. They have beaten Alabama in the past, I believe it was, when they had, um, oh, what's that boy that was quarterback in form that won the Heisman. Um, but Johnny Manziel. Yeah, I, I just Johnny uh, Manziel. I, yeah, I don't think I don't think it's going to happen. But Texas A&M will probably play better. Listen, just to go back to what you're talking about, Clemson. You know, Clemson played uh, last Saturday. They when they were playing. They played Georgia Southern and beat them, uh, beat them 38-7. to And a big reason why they dropped to number three was because Georgia, who played uh, Middle Tennessee, uh, had beat uh, them 49-7. to So you can already see right now that it's, it's gearing towards who's given what as far as points, how you're performing against teams you should play uh, or beat handily. Uh, so that's why Georgia has moved up to number two. That only my guess. I'm not sitting in the room making those judgments, but um, just based off of that score and how they played, uh, certainly Clemson at the number two team shot probably should have put up some more points uh, and played a lot better, <clears throat> which is why they're not number uh, two now. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I really – and I like their coach. Don't get me wrong. I, I like that Dabo Sweeney guy. I like the, what he stands for and uh, the way he goes about things. Uh, I really do like him. Um, and, they're, you know, they're pretty close to us. I mean, they're they're really close to us, and I, and I like that guy. But I, I'm just telling you, uh, I, I personally did not think they looked uh, that good at all against Texas A&M. 
I thought Texas A&M got screwed on a few plays uh, that really give Clemson uh, that game. A couple of those calls were so bad that it give Clemson uh, the game. But, uh, you know, who who was Clemson? But the bad part of that is is they who who's on their schedule now? And, I mean, Clemson, who's on their schedule now that, that might have a chance to beat them? I mean, we know – uh, Miami's uh, sort of struggling. They're not what they were. Uh, they play in that ACC, and those teams are just not up to par. I mean, Texas A&M is not even uh, ranked. I don't think they're they're way far down in the SEC, and they they and like I said, I think they should have beat them. So there's a good possibility that Clemson will run the table uh, from here on. Well, yeah, listen, they got Georgia Tech coming in uh, Saturday, which Georgia Tech right now is 1-2, and two, so Clemson's 3-0. and oh. uh, Of course, Clemson's got to play Miami. Uh, Florida State's not an issue. Uh, so, But, now this is, just, this is just a case of that if this team is looking to make the playoffs, uh, they're going to have to win these games that they're supposed to win, but not only win them, but win them handily and show and make it a, a non-issue when it comes to, hey, who's going to be in the playoffs as far as, you know, listen, Clemson's beating teams, but they're not beating teams like, say, Georgia's beating them, or they're not beating teams like LSU is beating them. Uh, so, you know, it, it's it's just going to – it's a long season. Uh, but, you know, Ohio State certainly looks like they have a – they've got Tulane next week. Um, you know, it's and they're 3-0. and So, you know, uh, A&M right now is 22nd. Uh, Miami is 20, 21st. So, you know, these are two teams uh, – or one team in the uh, ACC that's uh, – uh, ranked 21 in the top 25. So, yeah, who knows? Um, you know, barring barring something catastrophic as far as teams uh, or Clemson just having a, an all-out fallout, you're right. Running the table in the ACC shouldn't be that difficult for them. Yeah, I mean, really, like I said, they um, – I mean, and look, Texas A&M very well might beat Alabama this week. I don't foresee it, but it, it could happen. But listen – uh, just think of this: Alabama has has got to beat Texas A&M, uh, which we already know is is a pretty good football team. Um, LSU, um, Auburn. Um, let's see who else is in that uh, in that West Conference that they have to play. Um, somebody else is in the West that they have to play, and then they they play Tennessee. Uh, and then they may have to win, uh, you know, an SEC championship game against probably Georgia if they make it that far. I mean, listen, and I don't care what anybody says, uh, and Alabama may or may not be the best team, and that's regardless. but Clemson surely, clearly has a way better opportunity than the rest of the top five teams Top, yeah, top five teams of running the table than the rest of them. And Alabama clearly has the hardest road to hoe uh, to run the table. Yeah, you know, but that becomes more of a, a, a of a conference issue. Now, you know, listen, Clemson when they when they do play these big schools like Alabama, it, it's a little bit of a game for a little while. They're physical and they can play with them. They have the athletes, but you know, certainly the ACC is not anywhere near as uh, competitive. Uh, as the SEC, you know, looking at Alabama's schedule, they, you know, they got Texas A&M, they play Louisiana, then they play Arkansas, uh, Missouri, they play Tennessee, 
but then they get closer down to the end of their schedule. They're playing LSU. They're playing Mississippi State, which right now is 14th in the country. Uh, then they have a break when they play the Citadel, but they close it out against Auburn. And listen, that, that game is always uh, a good game. So certainly Alabama has the hardest road to, uh, uh, to, to, to get to where they need to be at the end of the season. Um, you know, I, I watched the game. I didn't really watch it. It was, it was, on, uh, it was actually a, a clip. I don't know if you saw it or if you're aware of it, but there was a, a special teams play between North Texas and Arkansas. And it was a punt. Uh, and the North Texas uh, receiver looked like uh, he was kind of doing a fair catch call. Uh, when he caught the ball, the Arkansas player stopped. The player for North Texas started to walk, and then he just sprinted, and it was like an 80-yard touchdown. Uh, and the referees didn't blow the whistle. Uh, the play stood, and it was a touchdown. And all I could think is, is that how are you not playing until the whistle? All I heard was, well, there was no whistle, no whistle, no whistle. Then you hit that player, you tackle him, and you make sure there is no doubt that he doesn't go anywhere. Yeah, I mean that's something we, you know, we we stress that you know practice all the time, especially, um, you know, I, I don't even blow with, I get carried away, and, but you do, and and you do a good job with it and keeping it. And that Jennifer did show me that play, I think, and that that's unbelievable, man. Some of these mistakes that these college and pro players make is just unbelievable stuff, man. That. Uh, that seems that they, you know, have been taught forever. And, I mean, it's something that, you know, we get a lot of uh, girls and women that, you know, that don't have as much knowledge, and we spend as much time, you know, just getting them adapted to the game. And it seems like those little things, um, you know, these guys should know from years past that uh, cause them to give up big plays. Yeah, listen, when I first strapped on shoulder pads and, uh, you know, aside from being taught how to tackle and how to catch and so forth, it was always play to the whistle. Um, and it just, you know, I, I guess it, it's, you know, when, it, when everything is said and done, it falls on one man, and that's the head coach uh, of, of, of Arkansas. Um, but, you know, listen, some of these players, uh, those 11 players on that field got to take some personal responsibility and say, you know, we should have – you know, we should we should have made you know made sure that there was no doubt. Um, you know, uh, I'm not saying hit the guy if you thought that he had made a fair catch, but when usually when that happens, the referee blows the whistle. And uh, you know, I'm just saying if you don't hear the whistle, you know, you you keep playing. Uh, and then we we stress that to these these girls or these women all the time. Uh, play to the whistle, uh, and hopefully they get the picture now while he said. Yeah, um, that's for sure. Well, speaking of – while we're talking a little bit about women's football, um, I know um, the Tri-Cities Thunder has a tryout on the on September the 30th. Um, tell me tell me what you're looking for a little bit uh, that day and uh, for these girls and what you have in, in store for, for a lot of these girls on that particular day. Well, we, we make it uh, a mandatory for everybody, even if you're a returning player, that you've already been through the con- combine that, or the tryout. That We make it mandatory that you show up because afterwards we end up doing some, some type of drills. But it, we also want other players there to cheer on, uh, you know, these, these new ladies that are coming out to play football. Um, 
and we're looking for really we're looking for athletes and if if you can come out and you're you're not an athlete that's fine i'm not just saying that uh you know that's all we need are athletes we really just want committed able bodies that are wanting to be coached and that can commit their time to playing women's football as if they were committing time to a job uh and that's very difficult but if it was uh, easy not everybody would do it so um or if it was easy, everybody would do it. I think that's probably what I should say. But we are uh, we're excited. We got a lot of new fresh faces coming out. We've been actively recruiting more, and uh, in, in, since I've been here um, uh, here in the last uh, few few months. Um, and uh, you know, listen, you're going to come out. You're going to get timed in your 40. You're going to get timed in the 20. You're going to get timed in the box drill. You're going to get timed in the shuttle run. Uh, and then we'll move to some untimed events. We'll do some agility drills and maybe run some routes, uh, depending on the players that we have trying out for positions. Uh, you know, we, we can have quarterbacks throwing some routes. We'll, we'll see what we, we got as far as running backs. Uh, one thing that we do probably more, uh, I think, uh, than maybe some other teams, and I don't know, everybody that – if you're a player and you come out and you want to try out for a position, we try you out there for that position. You may not look the part but you never know. So if you are, you know, 300 pounds and you think you can throw the ball and be a good quarterback, we'll give you a look. At the end of the day, we all, we make the best decision for the team, but we will let you, uh, uh, you know, at least go off of that position. Um, you know, it, it is what it is at the end of the day, but, you know, I think we do a pretty good job of that. But we're looking for committed women that want to come out and play football and be a part of something bigger than themselves. Um, we're excited for this new season. Uh, a lot of fresh faces, and uh, we got some some really good returners, and uh, you know, hopefully, it's going to be an exciting season for us. Well, speaking of some fresh faces, I mean, there's some of these girls that I I haven't even seen. I mean, I, I obviously, uh, you know, stepped away uh, from from being the head coach for a reason. I have so much um, going on and and all that, and uh, you know, knew that that was coming about. Uh, is why we made the transition, and some of these girls that I don't even know or haven't even seen. So, so tell me, um, you know, what what do you have actually? What are we what are we going to be looking at? Are we going to be uh, looking at some, uh, you know, some good skill players with a lot of hard work, commitment, dedication, or uh, you know, what what are we looking at? And these girls in certain positions right now. Well, you know, right now we have uh, the, the we got five about five new faces that are coming on as far as being skilled positions. I think we got a couple of receivers. Uh, you know, we worked out uh, a couple of them uh, as a receiver and a couple of good running backs. I think we got some some speed for us in the backfield. Probably looking around four four decent uh, running backs. And 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 the thing about that is that we have four decent running backs, but they all bring something different to the table that we can utilize, uh, whether it's getting to the outside where it's running in between the tackles, um, you know, and then even catching the ball. Uh, so, you know, that's exciting for us. We got some, some, some decent size in the receiver uh, position uh, that we have, uh, you know, obviously we've seen them work out once, but, uh, they they can catch the ball. Uh, we got some uh, some speed. I'm hoping on the outside as much as as, as anything uh, something to to counteract uh, our running game. Something that we can throw that deep ball. Real excited about being able to throw the deep ball this year. Uh, you know, got a couple of quarterbacks going out for it this year. So uh, you know that in 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 turn for making our offense a lot better. 
um, and, and, and being able to spread the field and to, uh, you know, attack defenses in, in different ways as opposed to just lining up and trying to get them, you know, running the ball, which we did effectively last year, but it was it was really hard uh, because, you know, everything was condensed inside the tackles. Uh, and, and it helps us defensively uh, when we got uh, some players. We're recruiting a girl right now out of a high school. Uh, she plays on a local uh, high school team that uh, we think is going to be a, a decent, uh, actually a really good linebacker for us. So we think she's going to help us on the offensive line. Uh, she's got it ahead of uh, schedule as far as, uh, you know, or ahead of everybody as far as knowledge. She's out there right now being physical with these guys. So hopefully that transition for her will make her even better. Uh, so, you know, defensively, speed is going to be there in the secondary. We think the speed there in the, uh, uh, in the linebacker position is going to be there. Uh, we think our offensive line, although we're, 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 we're kind of depleted right now, but, uh, you know, we've been depleted here in years past, and we've managed a little bit. But, um, you know, we're, we're also looking for linemen to come out, too. If, if you're in hearing range and you're in the Tri-Cities and you want to play football and you're a lineman, come on out on the 30th. We definitely can use you. Well, speaking of what is this, your fourth year with the team, uh, third or fourth year, um, in, in your years of being um, with the team, what what do you feel has been the, uh, you know, the hardest thing for us to, to recruit? Well, I, you know, I think without a doubt, linemen, uh, we we ended up – I think we've ended up here in the last, you know, the years that I've been here, we, we've, you know, kind of made linemen out of players that, that aren't linemen, hoping that they can just hold their own. Uh, it, mainly because, uh, you know, listen, to be, to be it takes a special person to be a lineman in, in, any, in, in men's football. But, you know, when you're coming out in a women's team and uh, you, you're a lineman, usually that means that uh, the confidence in yourself, unless, you know, it's because you're, you know, you think you're out of shape or – uh, you just don't want to put in the work to get better, or and you know, we try to relay the message that you don't uh, you don't have to be honestly you don't have to be in the greatest uh, shape. We'll get you there, uh, but definitely linemen, um, and I think skill position players we 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 always seem to to manage and do well on that. But definitely linemen uh, on both sides of the football, uh, defense and, and offense. Uh, it, it, that's certainly been the hardest. Yeah, you know the the first year we had a team, um, I'm forever, and I made this statement to Jennifer uh, when we were recruiting and uh, trying to get this team going. Man, it seemed like all we were getting were linemen. I mean, seriously, that was all we were getting. And uh, you know, of course, most of them left. We we only have her, uh, her and Caitlin are the only two original. Uh, girl from the original team. Uh, now there's some that's left from the second team, but uh, you know there's those two are there. It and uh, we we've lost a lot of linemen that year. We've lost a lot of linemen, um, you know, along the way. And it just seems that you know for for me and I and I think back about it, and you know especially when I'm riding down the road and then, and I think back, you know, one thing that is 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 honing it is uh, and I go back to where what you just said you don't have to be in the best shape. 
you know, you, you don't have to be, I mean, like, you know, we've got her, we do have a recruit. I did see, you know, and she was worried about her, you know, or, or being in shape because she hasn't did anything. And you know what? That was, what, almost a month ago. And tryouts are, you know, within a couple of weeks. And we'll see if she took to heart what some of the thing we said and get in better shape. But for, for me, uh, thinking about it, I, I believe that, the fact that these girls don't get in shape, and when I when I mean get in shape, look, to play offensive line, uh, and I played offensive line my whole time in high school, you don't have to be in the best of shape to play offensive line. So, you know, if you just get yourself in some kind of shape, uh, you can be a pretty good offensive lineman. And I believe that over the years, that's the one thing that has kept us from from retaining uh, these girls to to play on the offensive line. Yeah, uh, the girl you're talking about, and we, we she was saying that she wanted to lose some weight, uh, which we both said agreed. That, listen, we, we don't need you to cut down. We just the biggest thing really is there's a difference between being in shape and having endurance, uh, and endurance just means you're going out there to to sustain. Uh, movement for a longer period of time as opposed to being in shape to where you can do multiple things at, at diff, you know if offensive linemen for us uh, that is how we like to preach it is if we can get your endurance to where you can play uh you know multiple series you know and, and get out there and, and play uh without having to come in and coming out and i mean endurance is part of being in shape but that's really key for us um so when when i say hey we don't want you to be you don't have to be in the greatest of shape we just really mean that, hey, we're going to get your endurance to where it needs to be because of the way we practice. So, uh, But it's it's hard when you're having five or six linemen. And, you know, listen, even players in the NFL and college need to take breaks. But you don't see a lot of linemen coming out uh, unless they're injured uh, on the offense. And so it, it's a lot of it is they're in shape, but their endurance is, 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 is really key for them. Well, it's like, you know, we, we talk and you talk the thirds. There's two, there's two positions in in the game of football on the offense side of the ball that you do not, that's pretty much a do not substitute, and that's the offensive line and your quarterback. Uh, those are the two uh, positions that you want solidification at to make sure that they get that unity, you know, that they get all this stuff in repetition, and, and Jim knows what Steph's doing, and blah blah blah. And, and on down the line to whoever's playing next and whatever. And that's that's the one place on the offense, you know, you can sub in backs, you can sub in receivers and tie it in. But those are the two positions that you don't want to sub at. And, you know, I've, I've preached and preached and preached to these girls for years. Now, a lot of them may even quit because they wanted to play defense. And, you know, and my motto is, Look, if you're not in shape enough to play offense, you certainly can't play defense. Uh, and we see that in the, uh, you know, in the NFL. Even those guys playing uh, defensive line, they sub a lot out along that defense. Now you see very few substitutions at middle linebacker and and in the defensive backs, but they sub a lot on defense and. Uh, those those are the positions though on offense that you have to have your job 
taken care of. And when I say that, I mean you have to, to know, we have to know as coaches, that I can depend on you unless you get an injury or something, which anything can happen. But I can depend on you to, to take every snap on that offensive line. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And that's one thing that, uh, you know, aside from having the lowest numbers, you know, having five, six linemen, when, you know, we'd like to be in a round of nine and ten linemen uh, for substitute purposes just in case of injury, bar injury, you know. Um, But, yeah, you're absolutely right. You know, if you're on the offensive line, you're a four-down player uh, every series. And, um, you know, it it has to be that way. but uh, you know, again, that it the toughest thing for us um, is when we, you know, we're having those to put individuals in position uh, that don't play that position, uh, and it's 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 really tough because you know they don't practice with them, and uh, you know if you have ten linemen and we're at practice, at least if somebody's coming in to substitute that they understand, hey, at least this is my job. But when we're putting somebody on the line that's normally uh, a, a receiver. Uh, it, it just it, it doesn't work out for us much, and uh, but no, you're right. The line and the quarterback, I mean, everybody else can can substitute in and out, but uh, you got to have that that continuity uh, with your offensive line and your quarterback. Yeah, and that that seems to be the you know, and it ain't just in women's football, but that seems to be the hardest thing to solidify. In, in women's football is a, is a good offensive line and a, a good quarterback as well. Um, you know, we actually last year only played um, two football games where we had the same lineup in, uh, in to start the game. Two, two games in a row, uh, we only had the same lineup across the offensive line. And I'm going to tell you, at any level, well, just look at Tennessee. The University of Tennessee, they're rotating a bunch of guys trying to find the five that work together. And I haven't even seen a game, but I listened to the ball calls as I was leaving town yesterday, and then they were bashing them because they are not playing as a unit. And you take those guys that have been playing football forever, and then we get girls, some of them just start playing when they come to us. And we changing up each week, you know, moving from guards to center and tackles to guard, blah, blah, blah. And and that's a lot for these girls to take in. And, um, you know, like I say, these guys, they can pretty much play every position. But um, it's a lot for these girls to take in. And then you get in a game and different girls block different. So backs are having to read different blockers. I mean, all that stuff people don't realize uh, makes them tough. And we only, we only played two games where we had the same starting offensive line all year. Yeah, it, it's tough. Uh, it really is. And, you know, you talk about college. Uh, I just wanted to point something out, too. You know, like just say, for example, University of Tennessee, and they're struggling to find, I guess, more like their identity of who they are uh, on the offensive line. You got to think, you know, college doesn't do a preseason. Uh, their preseason game consists of teams out of conference, their lower-level, you know, FPS teams uh, that they can pretty much just beat up on. Um, and in some cases, they it backfires on them. But, you know, that's for the most part their preseason. 
And uh, so they, you know, they nine times out of ten, teams like Tennessee won't even understand or won't even find an identity on an offensive line until about week four or five when they've been playing against the top-notch uh, uh, caliber team. Uh, but for us to, to have um, – uh, five, uh, two games where we've had the same offensive line. Um, you know, it's it's amazing to me. I, I sit back and I, I can't, you know, I just reflect on a lot of things that we've done in the past, and uh, we've talked about this before, but just to have two games with the same offensive line played together um, and still be in a position at the end of the year, uh, you know, that's a, to, to win a championship. It's a credit, uh, you know, not only to how we do things, but how do these players, uh, uh, you know, they're, they're buying into what it is that we're trying to, to accomplish. And, uh, you know, we don't have too many players say that they don't want to go to the offensive line. Uh, a lot of them, you know, they'll, they'll play out of position, and, and a lot of them will say we'll do it based off of, you know, if that's what the team needs. Uh, but we're trying to get away from that. We're trying to recruit more we're playing again. Uh, if if you can hear me, and you're in the Tri Cities area, uh, the 30th of September, we're going to be at Indian uh, Trail Middle School uh, in Johnson City. Uh, it's going to be at two o'clock. So if you can hear me, uh, and you're interested in playing, uh, please show up. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, um, and you can find us uh, on the web. Just type in uh, TriCitiesThunder.com, and you you'll you'll find us. So uh, I implore you, if you can hear us, do that, please. Well, they don't even have to be in the Tri-Cities area, do they? They can be anywhere. As long as they want to want to play, uh, it don't matter where they live, man. They can show up and play. Um, I, I but, forget we're on internet radio. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, Mike, man, I appreciate you coming on and uh, keep up the good job and hard work. And um, um, thanks for getting us a bunch of staff and uh, for everything you do. And uh, I'll uh, I'll certainly be in touch with you. All right, man. It was a pleasure. Thank you. Yes, sir. All right, that's Coach Mike Wallace, head coach of the Tri-City Thunder uh, women's football. Um, you know, speaking of women's football, a lot of, uh, and I said earlier, you know, it's you pay to play, or you know, it's it's a it's a different situation. Um, you know, we all. We all do this just for the for the fun, and especially Miss um, J C Hawks there. She just loves women's football. I guess you would have to to you know to put up with all of us and to do all this stuff each, all that she does with the radio and stuff. Uh, I want to congratulate her on uh, finding her house uh, she bought. So uh, congratulations on that. Thanks for uh, all you do. We need a lot more people. Uh, like yourself in the, in the sport of women's football to to make this thing grow. So uh, I want to give you a little shout out there. Uh, thank everybody for listening and uh, uh, tuning in. And uh, you know we we talk about a lot of stuff, a lot of different things. Uh, of course, women's football sort of idle right now, and and the men are playing. So that gives us uh, more ammunition. Uh, but you know, if you if you have if anybody is out there listening or anybody wants to contact JC to uh, come on the show and and talk about your team or or talk about certain topics or things of that nature, uh, for sure reach out to her or um, uh, you can get a hold of her and and uh, she'll book you to come on the show and uh, talk women's football or or uh, whatever you got. So. Uh, 
don't be afraid to, to give us a ring. Uh, with that, I'm going to uh, leave it out there for until uh, next Tuesday, and uh, we'll uh, see you then. Thanks for listening.